In this episode of The Philly Blunt, we sit down with Taib Smith. He is co-founder of Little Giant Creative, the Institute of Hip-Hop Entrepreneurship, which is dedicated to cultural competency and the ability to engage multicultural audiences. And he's also co-founder of the Philly co-working space, Pipeline Philly. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all as The Philly Blunt. Subscribe to the podcast, and if you like what we're doing, please rate and review it so that other people couldn't find it. So I'm a pretty progressive person, and, and you know I love the rainbow. But when white people are having too much fun, <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name's Johnny Goodtimes. I'm Reef. Yo, this is Greg. And we are hanging out with our guest, Taib Smith. Taib, welcome to the program. Thanks for welcome. having me, John. Absolutely. And so. We're excited to have you on here. We are at, not, a, not as raucous as usual, we are at uh, <laughs> Pipeline Workspaces. Uh, mm-hmm. So you were one of the co-founders of this? Of, of this? Correct. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it is. It's a co-working space. We're in 20,000 square feet on the 15th and 16th floor. We average uh, about 250, 270 members um, from individual proprietorships to teams of 10. We have about 54 offices, um, and there's four different levels of membership. Mm-hmm. How does one get down with membership? What is a, what is a, What do you have to to, to to present in order for you to say you got you can come in here and work with us um, you can go to pipelineworkspaces.com mm-hmm. set up an appointment come mm-hmm. through do mm-hmm. a visit mm-hmm. um, now does it is it based off of like you can you can pay the rent so you can come or is it like we we like what you're doing um you can you can pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the show starting with the honest. I like the yeah. honest factor right yeah. off the bat. Well, because yep. I, I I've heard you saying before that um you had a workspace before back in like the the like Northern Liberties Fish Hunt days and there was young kids and it was just the worst shit ever. So um that experience <laughs> inspired um, creating our own co working space. Uh, a lot about you online, but not a whole lot about you growing up. So I wanted to see if you had a little, a little, yeah, <laughs> we can get a little, little background. That's interesting. That's interesting. I got to unpack that for a minute because I don't like hide my past. Right, right, right. No, 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 not at all. I know uh, a little bit. You yeah. know? So like, where do you want to begin? Uh, <laughs> Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a little village called North Philly <laughs> that is now called Northern Liberties. So I'm originally from the co-op mm-hmm. at 8th and Fairmount, be- mm-hmm. between Brown and Fairmount. So I was the first African-American on the floor, to the best of my knowledge, at Lebec Finn. Wow. Um, How did that come about? Lebec Finn or Lebec Fong? Finn. Finn. My, um, <laughs> my, don't, don't be an asshole, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say the other way. Yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to be, they're trying to yeah, be yeah, really yeah, Oh, Lebec yeah, Fong. Yeah, yeah, they're assholes. Oh, yeah, that's uh, what I'm not telling yeah. you not to be one of them. I don't know if I was just an idiot or <laughs> oh. um, My mom knew George. And I had enough restaurant experience. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Go talk to George," and I went and talked to George. And he, those cr- years at Tudo Fresco. Or <laughs> well, you? I think it was yeah Tudo Fresco. But I had like worked. That's, that, that's a jump from like uh, <laughs> single A ball into the big <laughs> leagues. Well, actually, you know what? It might have been my experience. I just like because I moved around a bunch. Mm-hmm. Right? You, but, you were you were worldly. But I started yeah. like my first restaurant job was at Tudo 
fresco mm-hmm. like I went from busing to like maybe like I forget how long that place stayed open but by the time it closed I was a general manager <laughs> <laughs> that gave me enough experience right. that I was a quick learner and when I did the door did open for me to work yeah, in a five star that's got to be a great place to be on the floor making pretty pretty good money I would assume tips right all that shit or? Yeah, yeah yeah it was yeah. And but, this, uh, this was, was back in the 90s so this was still when there wasn't a huge restaurant scene here right nah, nah. It right. was it, it was um, it was pretty small it was like 15th and Walnut to 16th and Walnut. <laughs> right, yeah. Can you take us back to that day? Like, were you super nervous your first night going on the floor there? So, you know, again, this is like retrospective uh, memory, but I have a really good friend um, by the name of Keem Dixon, mm-hmm. and he's a sports fan. I'm not a sports fan. I know mm-hmm. you guys are, so I'm almost starting to beef. Mm-hmm. But he, re- he recently brought to my attention last year, from his description, I have a rational confidence. Um, so... You might be better at something mm-hmm. than me, mm-hmm. but I'm too stupid to be nervous, mm-hmm. and I might kick your ass. <laughs> Irrational confidence. I've never heard that before. That's the idea that, like, no matter what the situation is, you can run shit. Or you are stupid enough to be confident and not be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I know you started doing parties with, like, the, the Josh Winks and the King Brings mm-hmm. of the world. Like, how did that come about? So when I lived in Colorado, mm-hmm. um, the production company I used to like do parties with, or mm-hmm. like when I would throw parties, they, mm-hmm. people all used to bring King mm-hmm. and Dawes, mm-hmm. and then they would be like, where's the Philly guy? Mm-hmm. Or like the first time I ever met um, Amir and Tariq, mm-hmm. Questlove and Black Thought, mm-hmm. um, was behind the Fox Theater in Colorado. Well, Colorado. Yeah. But it was because my mom had met Black Thought um, at Yvette's and Yvette was um, mm-hmm. Rich Nichols the rich former manager's rest ex-wife in, rest in peace mm-hmm. and she met New Ra do mm-hmm. you remember New Ra? New Ra okay yeah. <laughs> so New Ra my mom set me up on a blind date with New Ra mm-hmm. and when the Roots were on tour with um the Fuji's and Goody Mob, and they came to pop Colorado. Imagine that show. Colorado. <laughs> knew had my pager number. Mm, pager number? <laughs> Jesus. And yeah. she was like, yo, I'm sick. I can't come to the show, but I need you to take care mm. of the guys. Mm. Um, and that's how I ended up meeting the Roots. Okay. Okay, and then from man, there, your, like, your, your your mom was hooking you up. She got you with George Perrier. She hooked yeah. you up with the Roots. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs a black mom. Yeah. <laughs> so you were out in Colorado. You meet those guys, and then, I mean, you were already starting to host. When you say host parties, I would throw, I was like a promoter. I was okay, a promoter. And today, someone would call themselves a curator, but I was a promoter. Okay. <laughs> I did hear you say effectively that you reached a point where the music business was just gross and you didn't want anything to do with it. What is it that you saw and dealt with that? I know one of the issues was that there was a glass ceiling as far as what we could do in music behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. You can Mm -hmm. be the rapper on front, but you can't be the guy that's running the booking agency or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. if you want to talk a little bit about that. The number of glass ceilings or hidden walls where we are... um, it's fine for us to be on stage, but um, not to run the house, mm-hmm. not to control the publishing company, mm-hmm. not to control the booking agency. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be AEG, Live Nation, um, 
by like a host of mm-hmm. um, different um, pieces of the infrastructure that it that are in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. The number of closed doors for black and brown people still to this day is something that um, it's hard for me to encourage. Mm. young people to waste their time and energy when like, you don't really see that much changing. Uh, Reef, you and I had a great discussion about this a couple weeks ago, but uh, cultural appropriation mm-hmm. uh, is kind of a big thing that people are discussing now. And I am, I'm of the mindset that there's a fine line because in a certain way, everything is coming from a different culture. Like, the, like everything that's gotten to where we are now, it's all pieces that ev- people have brought into their own specific cultures. And you know, the worry is that if all of a sudden we everybody branches back out and goes inward with those things, we're not going to have the same level of um, uh, advancement because not every culture brings something to the table. But you said something really profound, which was that your problem with cultural appropriation was not was that some people wore like hip hop and they wore it like a coat, and when it was convenient, they took the coat off. Yeah. And I thought that was really that. Cause, I've cause, seen it so many times, man. It's just like, oh yeah, that 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 phase of my life is done. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right, uh, it's like right. now I'm that's, now I'm a Trump supporter and like, I work. Right, at, and you know what I mean? And it's and like, what the fuck? Right, and I you were on stages with me in Soak City, like smoking dust blunts in the alley, like, <laughs> right. and now you're like, you know, like right now you're a Trump guy. Yeah, 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 it's weird. Yeah, you know? but again, that that's the black experience in in America. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I don't think there's so many different artists in so many different ages. That that I'm, I'm I'm sure there was a jazz version of that, mm. um, and the more you look at history, um, the more it seems like things don't change. They're just like the the manifestation of the algorithm changes. But would you say that hip hop has changed that somewhat? Because there is still because here we are forty years later, and there's still black ownership of hip hop. Whereas with rock and roll, it quickly went to white ownership with jazz it went to white ownership blues it went to white ownership and hip hop there's still a lot of black ownership would you say that's a change I would say that the difference with hip hop is that it's trajectory was with um, more control by way of technology and more um, distribution of, of knowledge and opportunity through technology so mm-hmm. when whether it's the 1200 whether it's the cassette tape whether it's the CD whether it's the internet um, jazz funk, soul disco, whatever preceded this age that we're in now had more manifestations of control where um, industry took away the agency that a lot of contemporary hip-hop producers or entrepreneurs have but i on a larger scale i don't think that there's as much um control or ownership or equity that we believe i I believe there's the optics of ownership but i I think when you kind of go under the hood and you look at where it was made and you look at where you like if you check the vin number (laughs) <laughs> it's it, you know right it's the same mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, getting kind of back to the whole cultural appropriation where do you where do you come down on that um 
I think it would have to be a scenario. So, you, so it's got to be more specific than just that term and yeah. just say, hey, define this term. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, I think it would, I would have to have, have be more scenario, no, more scenario based or specific instance for me to talk about cultural appropriation. Mm. Yeah. But, but we see it in hip hop. And I mean, Reef, this is, you know, this question's out to you too. And we've seen changes in hip hop. You've got Eminem and you've got Macklemore and mm. you've, you've got this like, uh, you have certain guys that are that are kind of like, hey, I still want to acknowledge where this What's, came from, and then I think you also have guys um, who are out now. White guys are out now who don't acknowledge that, and they're just like, right. this is. And my I think thing. I think What's, that's where that I think that's where that comes in for me is because I know a lot of dudes that participate in the culture, but they don't participate in the culture. Does that make sense? You talking like about you talking about Poser Malone? Uh, yes, he's one yes, of them. That's he's exactly right in there. But, of, yeah. but I feel like there's a like, I, and even on a, on a more uh, like, a, you know, not as successful level. I, I plenty of guys that I know in the you know quote unquote underground, you know they 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 tour with white guys. They perform for all white guys. They don't feel the need to involve themselves in the culture outside of the fact that they just make the music. And I think that when you start doing that. That's where you can kind of throw that cultural appro- appropriation tag on it because if you're going to do this, you at least need to be aware and be vocal about what's going on. Yeah, you had a quote, viewing yourself through a white lens of history is something you have to constantly shake yourself out of. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. So I'm fortunate then that I grew up and in my formidable years in a, uh, um, let's say an African-centered household. So I can vaguely remember asking my father when I was like four or five where white people came from and him pointing to Europe on a map. And I had a um, an education that gave me a concept of pre-colonial history. So I'm aware that the first architects, the first urban planners, the first mathematicians, the first astrologers were all black people. Um, most people are not given are empowered with that information. They believe that all culture originated in Europe. Um, so going out into the world, give, being given a public school education, or if you go to a parochial school, you might think that the world is 2,000 years old, 10,000 years old, and, um, and all of the history that has been here for 200,000 years is fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to watch Hollywood movies, if you were to only read the memoirs that are going to be given to you, if you go to a regular suburban school and have AP classes, you are not going to have a positive image of yourself historically. Walking in the world, you constantly have to shake yourself out of the white supremacist reality that we're given through our broken education system. Mm-hmm. That's a dope answer. What is something that, and this is for both you guys, what's something that's a daily thing that Greg and I would never have to think about? What's something that you guys go through as black males in America? That How long do we have? Yeah. <laughs> I was outside smoking a cigarette before I came up here, and I had to to position myself in a way to where I didn't look like I was up to something. I'll tell you what, man. I was coming in today. And, I, and, I, and nobody nobody said anything to me. Right, nobody, right, but right. I was smoking a cigarette. I got on a black hoodie, a black yeah. hat. I got an army fatigue jacket. You got all these people walking from work. And in my mind, I'm, I'm in Center City. I'm across from City Hall. I had to make sure that I was in the light. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Smoking right. my yeah. cigarette, not lurking, not... 
And that's something that I do all the time because I don't I don't want anyone to even think because the, nowadays it's like right to 911 right right to like I I don't want no trouble. I just want to come do my interview and go home. Right. So the fact that it's like it's not fear, it's just like be aware and I'm always aware of where I'm at, how I'm presenting myself, how I'm talking to people and like I don't, I, I'm not like bowing down to nobody. I'm not like, you know, but I, I'm also at the same time, like, I'm not going to stand here on this busy ass street in the alleyway position. I'm right in front of the building. You can see me. Yeah. I'm not up to anything. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you. You can walk by me and, and everything's going to be fine because people do look, they're like, what's this dude up to? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a big black dude with a black hoodie on and an army fatigue jacket smoking a cigarette in front of a building that you may not know that I know someone that fucking owns a floor, basically. Right. You know what I mean? And then I walked out with my Tupperware container, right? <laughs> I could have had like 300 pounds no of dynamite no in there. No one's and paying the guy, you any money. The white dude's like, no oh, one's paying you opens any the money. door for me, that's, that's me That's in. just it's an like, example of how I feel. You know what I mean? Right. Every day. Last hour. Right. Every right. day. Right. So that that there you go. So I'll give you a different perspective. The first two years this place was open, brothers would come in here, suited up, and their Sunday best, like the city hall types. Mm-hmm. And I would say hi to them in the lobby, and they would look me up and down because I don't usually dress. I don't dress up. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Um, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh damn. And then they would go to the front desk, and then they would be taken to um, to one of the employees who's like the events manager, and then they would give them a tour. And then Josh would be like, oh, brother, I'm going to go take him, introduce him to my boss, my mm-hmm. partner. And then me and that person would have like mm-hmm. an uncomfortable couple seconds <laughs> where I'd be like, yeah, remember me? I'm the brother that you snubbed when you tried to say hi to you in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, that, again, is kind of like the constant unpacking of the white supremacist system that we live in, that we do things to each other. That's wow. that. That's a whole other podcast that's, in that's itself. Right. Yeah. No, no, that, no, that, no, that, that's heartbreaking. If they're paying the bills, are you going to take the? Are they in here and welcome if they're going to pay? Um, <laughs> so I, I'm like very pragmatic and like I I, I don't have to deal with you if, yeah, yeah, if, your, yeah. cre- if your credit's good. Right. You <laughs> there are people who are so disenfranchised in the city who don't think anything would matter whoever's in power how do you get them energized to come out to vote you know i'm usually i'm one of those people i'm still gonna vote but i'm one of those people so like and this is like a newfound awareness but like people who who talk like that i ask them like you ever been in a city council meeting Mm -hmm. and like not that many people have like i i come from a family my father is the kind of guy that goes to city council meetings for fun well (laughs) we're we're annoying as fuck here's the thing a lot of people don't even know that you're allowed to but the, well, what that, well, well what, how the fuck are we going to run this democracy if you can't just go knock on the door and figure that yeah, out? Yeah, like, like I, didn't, I didn't know until like five years ago I could just go to a yeah, city council. Yeah, you can just go there. You can yeah, testify. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'll say this, and this is something. And this, I'm sure it's probably like, great. Again, I'm the guy with, with um, irrational confidence, but like I started, like I got a couple of council people that like pick up on first ring. I was like, wow, this shit works. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> or, like, like looking out the window, like, hey man, I can see you from here. Yeah, like. Um, you can't be disengaged from power and complaining and not at least test the system. Mm. So, like, I've been able to make a name for myself in a, in a city, you know, like um, transfer some of my social capital from one area to, to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that I love all the pu- pu- um, public representatives, 
you know, but I can get answers. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And if I can't get answers, I can make waves. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time with people who are critical of systems but don't ever knock on the doors of systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that, in fact, I, I get annoyed and exhausted by that. Right. You're saying, like, if you're not, you can't just sit there and, and write, you know, dissertations on Facebook if you're not. Yeah. Showing up, and, yeah, yeah, like the, like people like that. I just want to be like, who's your council person? Right. End of argument. Like you right. don't know, <laughs> right. you know, what right. I mean? like who's right. your state representative? Right, right. yeah, yeah. who's your state senator? I'm one of those people now. I'm yeah. just realizing yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like and, and you know, what? I don't like. I have to really like you, mm-hmm. or like really, really respect you mm-hmm. to debate you, and. Like social media, right? Because you know, I'm either just gonna make fun of you and leave, right. or just drop a comment. But um, you don't look good or arguing with a fool, mm-hmm. and most people don't do due diligence or research. Right. So just engaging in like barbershop talk style debate about right. politics is not something I'm gonna do. Yeah. So speaking of, we're kind of talking politics, and we've been talking hip hop, Kanye. I, You're, uh, I have no. You have who? nothing to say. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Who? Uh, Kanye West, uh, hip hop star. <laughs> yeah. No one. No one. No uh, one. <laughs> I, I, I just Got nothing. In literature, there's something called the Uncle Tom's Cabin narrative. Mm. Right now, I haven't read Uncle Tom's Cabin, but I know a lot about the book because people have been writing about it for a hundred years. Mm. But the Uncle Tom's Cabin narrative is about one Negro making it down the river and how he is having this savior relationship and saving one white boy right in literature from an afrocentric perspective you write about the village you write about the community you write about the crew mm-hmm. so i don't really care about kakunye west in any way shape or form because even in his m- mindset of lunacy he's a selfish son of a bitch mm-hmm. and i think he's canceled forever you don't follow sports but have you been reading about the um, Eric Reed, Malcolm Jenkins feud kind of in sports? There's a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say Malcolm. Malcolm so um, Jenkins. You, you kind of agree with Eric Reed. Um, it's never about one. Yeah. It's never about one. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, there was a spiritual thing that happened because I was out of town mm-hmm. the day of the parade. Mm-hmm. And I really think if I was in Philadelphia, I would have got locked up. Why? What would you have done? It got dark some of the last night. <laughs> <laughs> let's just... Uh, the lights went off. I think that's the perfect... Let's, let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right, all right. We're going to go to the blunt. Can let's I ask you one more question? Because you had okay, one of my favorite... I read something on uh, Flying Kite Media. You did an interview. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite things anyone said. And you basically, in a quote, you just said, L.A. and New York are not the center of the universe. And I, I have to go to New York occasionally for work. I can't stand that city. And do, do we have an inferiority complex here? Like, is it a great city? And we're just like, nah, it's not that good. Like, That's so funny. So I had a meeting to the, just today. I'm on the advisory board for the Global Identity Project. Mm-hmm. So the Brookings Institute is re, has funded re, the rebranding of Philadelphia. Mm. And there's like all these meetings throughout the year about like mm. what does the Philly brand. And one of the questions was, does the Philly have um, a, uh, a bit of an insecurity complex mm-hmm. with New York? Mm-hmm. I would say 
Yes, and it probably has since politics went south to D.C. and since you know business went north to New right. York. Yeah. Um, but I will also say that there's too heavy a hand in the influence of American um, identity in metropolitan cities like New York and L.A., and nothing left there it seems to be genuine not to say there aren't genuine people, mm-hmm. but the brand of New York. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we think of New York through stereotypes, people think of like Wild Style, they think of Fat Five Freddy, they might think of CBGBs, they think of this whole downtown cool culture, mm-hmm. when now post Giuliani, all right. that is that's dis- all gone. That's yeah. Disney fight. Yeah, it's not the shit. Yeah, New, York's, so, New York's kind of like whack now. I mean, in, Manhattan at least, yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and, and Brooklyn too. And yeah. I think the quality of life, um, arguably, it is not what people perceive it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to that, for me, it's just back in the day. Me. It just looked like like hell on earth, and everyone was just like dancing and fighting in the street. You know what I mean? Like yeah, 70s, but I think, 80s. but I think, but I think that everybody's trying to reach that sort of nexus of cool, right? And right, at the right. same time, feel somewhat safe, right? And I think that that's you can't have both. You right. gotta have some danger, and that's starting to happen. Yeah. Like you know, I went to. Uh, um, like Johnny Brennan's the other night, and uh, like I walked. I had to cross the street and from coming from the other side I walked past the garage and it was just like frat bro central in there and I'm yeah. like look at this fucking so I'm a pretty progressive person and you know I love the rainbow but when white people are having too much fun <laughs> I feel uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> like oh no Oh, no, like, something's about to yeah. go. <laughs> like you, kn- you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, like parades, rallies, yeah, barbecues. Yeah. Like I heard one of your earlier podcasts about like suburban drunk women. Yeah, do you know? What yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when, a- as a person of color, they're dangerous. When man. white people are excited, you know, like yeah. If yeah, I'm freaking the parking lot before the Eagles game, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're really excited out so there. If, but if, yeah. let's, so let's there's say a I, certain energy to it. I don't care if I'm walking the Upper East Side in New York, or mm-hmm. if I'm going through Northern Liberties, or I'm in Fishtown. Mm-hmm. There's six drunk white guys coming down the street, and they might have three white girls behind them. I'm crossing the street, and it's not because I'm I'm a punk or anything. It's that not only do they have the benefit of state-sponsored violence, but they also have the irrationality that a white supremacist world gives them to believe mm-hmm. that my body doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And, and it gets really dangerous when you see drunk white people anywhere having mm-hmm. fun. Because mm-hmm. it, it's like a hair trigger. Right. What if we're just high? <laughs> if you're just high, it's all smoke chilling, yeah, yeah, yeah. quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you like Humboldt County high? Are you K and A high? <laughs> Right. Yo, you know what's so funny? I, and this is terrible. I get my haircut at the 300 block of East Allegheny because I love my barber. Oh, okay. right? And I've been following him since he got gentrified from Fifth and Gerard. Mm-hmm. Right? And the other day, I saw a white guy who looked younger than you, more clean shaven, similar outfit, but I would say like a higher threat count. At 300 Allegheny? Mm-hmm. Right? And he he stopped. I mean, he looked like this was a guy who works every day, goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. His mama thinks he's okay. He stopped, dropped, sat next to a, a little stoop, and shot up right in front of me. Oh, wow. Was, I was wow. like, get me the fuck out of here. Now, I see that all the time. Yeah, yeah. But this dude looked like he could have been a member of my coworkers. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, let's uh, let's go to the Philly Philly Blunt. Blunt. Rapid questions to wrap it up. Just okay. ask. Boom, 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 boom. Just okay. first thing to come to mind. All right. All right. Uh, most underrated hip hop artist or group? Ooh, most underrated hip hop artist or group? There's so many people who are underrated. Yeah, I would say. Um, I would say anyone who made hip hop in Philly pre state property. <laughs> okay. Like I fall into that guy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, give me something beautiful about Philadelphia. Philly is loyal to a point of its own detriment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. Philadelphia, if I were gonna if it was like a person or a crew, mm. will know you are dead wrong. But will defend you. <laughs> Be like, that, like that's my homie. Yep. I don't care. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like, I'm going down with this ship. There is something yeah. beautiful and stupid about that. Yeah. But like right. Philly will defend you and know you wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> a book everyone should read in their lifetime. In their lifetime. Or just a book that you rec- recommend to every single person that you have. You should read this book. I know there's a million of them in your head, but the first that's, one that comes to mind. That's tough. Something so, that's that's super close to your heart. Um. So the Tao Te Che by Lao Tzu, you know, mm-hmm. if, if that's like an art of war type book, right? Or no? It's like they're kind of like the opposite of the art. Oh, of war. All right, so cool. it's like the, it's, it, it translates to the way. The way. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I heard of that book yeah. before. Yeah. Um, or I would say, um, the Lucifer Principle by Howard Bloom. The Lucifer Principle. That sounds sinister as shit. All right, I'm gonna check that out. What actor would you want to play you in a movie about your life? Hmm. Gary Coleman. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you have to bring him back. <laughs> that, uh, Pet cemetery. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, his hologram. His hologram. <laughs> his hologram. Yeah. You got a favorite sandwich in town? Um. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite route? And this includes, you know, the whole extended family. Oh man, my favorite route. Like just the the, the one you c- connect with the R- most. Rich Nichols. Rich Nichols. Rest in peace. Uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Who's your favorite cartoon character? My favorite cartoon character. Um, Hawkman. Hawkman. Because he was the black character of the Super <laughs> Friends. Yeah, the Super okay. Friends, right? Yeah. Uh, I never even heard of him. See. See, see how they did. Do? See how yeah. they did you. Yeah. So I, I like to creep on people's Twitter accounts. Okay. So I saw you follow Barbara Streisand. So do you have a favorite Barb Bab song? No, nah, but like you know, Barb's Barb's Barb. Oh yeah, Barb's Barb. Barb. There's nothing wrong with it. Kinda, yeah. She's kind of fine for age yeah. too. Yeah. Like who's gonna hate on Barbara Streisand? Hey, man, I just thought maybe you had a good song, favorite song. Nah, uh, but, uh, I didn't even know I followed Barbara. <laughs> That's <laughs> what they all you said. Yeah. You <laughs> um, any you can bring back any club or bar in this city that you used to frequent that isn't here anymore. Name one. Ooh, man, because a lot of them good ones are gone. Uh, um, I'm I'm gonna say Crimson Moon. Wow, Crimson Moon Cafe. Because that was a coffee shop, but yeah. it was like no, that place the, was great. The, like that was the space that turned you on to all the other spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was that Twenty Second and Walnut? Twenty Second? No, it was Twentieth and Samson. Samson, yeah. But Coco ran that spot. Well, if you were a wrestler, what would your Enter the Ring music be? Um, 
Yeah, I'm. Um, that's hard because I feel like. I would have to come up with a whole character to go, <laughs> I go know, with my song. I know, you're a pretty laid-back dude. You don't seem like the kind that's coming out to Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> a Partridge family? <laughs> yeah, it would probably be something like, you know, like corny, macho, Papa don't take no mess. Yeah, yeah Papa don't take no mess. That's a good Brown. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay, there you go. But, like, be Papa. In my, yeah. But like... Now that no I'm, I'm drink it off. Nah. Now that I'm it. like my character is evolving as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> right. I kind of feel like I would want to come out like Fela Kuti. Okay. Like, oh yeah. Have, like the whole yeah, yeah, like, like seventy yeah, people yeah, behind yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. paint yeah, like yeah. drums. I like that. Seven minutes of um, instrumental before the vocal. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the longest intro ever. Longest intro. Ever. <laughs> Just keep walking yeah. around the ring. Yeah, and I'm like, is this fight gonna start? What is this? You got uh, someone in Philly you wish you would just give it up, hang it up, retire, go away. Gritty. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, Shots fired. Oh. Yeah, yeah, do you want, you want to keep going? <laughs> gritty. So Gritty was, so I'm in the agency space. Yeah. I'm in, you know, like I've done campaigns. Yeah. I, I know, I know, I know in my heart. <laughs> oh, what are you going that with Gritty this? was made up by... CIA. A bunch of suburban-born mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who, in their minds, actually are making fun of like the diehard sports fans in, in Philadelphia. And I think, think he's like a, he's like a, he's like a, he's a, she's a, he's a shot at that. It's like <laughs> the beauty and the stupidity of the city is that like that is actually someone making fun of us and we are embracing it. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a... Yeah, yeah, but no, no. And I think we're self-aware that that we've we've gained that confidence. We're not as self-conscious. Us as a a city are Flyers fans. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Flyers fans. Yeah, yeah. Flyers fans are suburbanites. Um, My last one, this is just, you know, out of curiosity and love too. Mm -hmm. Bachelor life forever? I'm in a relationship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You mean like marriage? Marriage, kids, the whole nine. Um, is that something that you want? So I would say this is my Oprah question. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have. I save one for the end. I would say I don't see myself getting involved in another relationship. Mm. Um, in regards to kids. Mm-hmm. Good answer, by the way. Good answer. If she listens to the podcast, yeah, that was strong. I, yeah, strong that, was, that was good. Yeah. That was smooth as hell. Yeah, yeah of course she does. Yeah. How long you guys been? Um, almost a year. Okay. Um, the ice caps are melting. Mm-hmm. That's my answer to the kids' question. Yeah. Like, we are in very perilous times. Right. Um, Why bring someone else into this whole mess, right? There are a lot of children that uh, don't have mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. Two of my best friends are adopted. Mm-hmm. Um and I know some awful parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think everyone needs to reproduce. Mm-hmm. I think in, in a planet with this many people mm-hmm. um, starve for resources. Mm-hmm. The idea that everyone needs to be reproduce is, is a really selfish concept and mm-hmm. it needs to be revisited. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my answer on kids. All right. right. Well, we, uh, Great we thank you, man. Yeah. 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 We thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Thanks for a lot, having me, guys. Um, where can people check you out at? Give that, you know, all the follow me here stuff or check whatever you want to plug. Plug time. Um, check out uh, Dream Deferred. Mm-hmm. DreamDeferredPHL.org. It's running until November, November 17th. 17th. Um, LittleGiantCreative.com. Mm-hmm. At 215Taib on 
virtually everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm out here, many streets. Holler at me. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, yes, man. Sir. Just the sound of Philadelphia. Brothers covered in blood, the man's office is covered in bugs, the youth dreams cut short. Swept-